He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Where are they? Where are the entrepreneurs? These types of things are so like, you know, should be easy to build basically and easy to do. And I see what our customers are struggling with. And they're all from like big ideas to small ideas. And I just like, I'm like, please, can we see some of these things? Yeah, because like we see them, we see what our customers are struggling with. And there should be an app for every single situation. There should be some kind of technological solution to make every single thing easier and better. One of the most exciting things about working in hospitality is once you start seeing the world through the eyes that we see, which is how can you play a bigger role in that 24 hours? But then you start looking at it basically from a, from an even bigger perspective to start going, okay, how can I play a role in the 365 day experience of this person? And actually being you know, offered the service of a managed lifestyle management service, basically, then you start going, wow, like hotels and hospitality should be a much bigger industry than it actually currently is. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to do dynamic duo sponsorship placements for our partners, and the best dynamic duos I could put together for you are our first one of Hostfully and Minute. Now, you probably heard our Minute with Minute segment with Nathan Smith over at Minute. If I could say Minute a thousand times, then I will. But basically, if you are using Hostfully's property management platform, then you can go to their integration marketplace and turn on your integration with Minute. So that way, everything is operating seamlessly in your hub to run your business without any issues and headaches. It just is so nice to have proper integration partners together. And I couldn't be more thankful for these two partnering with us on the podcast. So make sure you check out the show notes because we have special offers just for you from both companies, Hostfully and Minute, because you're a listener of the podcast and they love taking care of our listeners. So Check out the links in the show notes. And of course, like always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Slick Talk. I'm your host, Will Slickers. And in today's episode, we're joined by a return guest, Richard Walter, the founder of Muse. We wanted to bridge the gap from our last conversation in July of 2020 to today in the ever-changing world of hotels and hospitality. In today's dialogue, we're navigating through Muse's strategic evolution amidst the pandemic's challenges, their growth trajectory, and the significance of their latest acquisitions. We'll also discuss the paradigm shift in hospitality from a traditional real estate model to a more comprehensive 24-hour guest experience. Richard will offer his insights into the integral role of AI and data in personalizing guest service. We'll probe into the strategic foresight behind Muse Ventures and how it's shaping a vibrant, 
technology-focused ecosystem in hospitality. Join us as we forecast the future of our industry, from the operational metamorphosis of hotels to their transformation into multi-purpose spaces. We're also looking two decades ahead. Our focus, understanding the pivotal role of AI and data in crafting an era of unforgettable guest service and experience in hospitality. Now, I hope you go back to our first episode from 2020 to understand the hospitality theology that Richard and the Muse team live and breathe. If you don't go back, you'll hear a whole good chunk of it in this episode, as you can tell that this is a core mission to Richard and the Muse crew. I hope you enjoyed this episode personally, and thank you to all of you who like, subscribe, follow, and listen to the podcast. Without you guys, we would not be here today. So thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Now, to go into a lot, there's been a lot that's happened from 2021 when we first chatted to today. So give us a high level overview. What's your guys' journey been like through COVID and on the other side? I just like, it feels like at the moment, like every year is like an eternity. (laughs) And then, you know, going back, like I started news in 2012 and I sometimes like think back to some of those kind of early years where it's like me, Matt, and a couple of engineers basically kind of like together. And now essentially kind of having, I don't know, close to 900 people that we're at, like, and I probably know about 150 of them personally. Like I know a lot more of them through Slack, but it's just, it's kind of wild. And, and it's, um, yeah, it's just like, it's really, really nice to see that, you know, on the one side, I think we've been pretty great to have so many investors backing us, but I think the main thing is, you know, that we have more and more customers. We seem to kind of reach a much larger audience. We're much more important, basically, in terms of the the types of ideas that we espouse. Basically, I think we always want to be an ideas company and we want to kind of be strong in that kind of way rather than, you know, being known as as just the cheapest or basically like just the the prettiest or whatever. I think it's like, you know, we want people to challenge us, challenge some of the the precepts basically around the way that we build the system. In the same way that we're trying to challenge some of the some of the ways that that the hospitality industry chooses to operate and uh what it what it thinks of. So I think that, you know, to answer your question, it's uh it's been a huge journey. I think that, you know, between twenty one and now one thing that we really did with the uh, with the pandemic was to essentially kind of say like, look, we're a fantastic you know S and B machine. We're really really good for these kinds of independent hotels. I think what we really started to create is is much more of an offering for larger hotels, larger hotel groups, and I think we've had some incredible success there, basically in the in the last couple of well, in the last couple of years, basically. I think that that's been really the story of the last two years that we haven't spoken is that, you know, I think that we've been able to really, really execute with some huge, you know, enterprise uh, partnerships and and also secured some really large groups. And and I think what's really nice is to be able to build those relationships in a partnership. You know, I think that, you know, we are an important cog of that machine. We are the system that gets, get checked in uh, and on everything like that. But to be able to do that and to be able to kind of provide lot lot of services basically to the entire group to be able to kind of be the center of that ecosystem uh, that you then have in hospitality and to be able to work with brands and actually be like look 
what is your, what is your five-year strategy for guest experience? You know, to be able to actually kind of reset the expectations. Cause I think that, you know, previously people would work with vendors in terms of, you know, and in terms of their, you know, the, the, the system basically was just a kind of tool by which you automated. But I think now I think, and our philosophy has always been that we want to be able to be, you know, an engine for growth. So we want, you know, items or kind of lines on your PL to be directly attributable to news. You know, we want to be able to, to, for people to say, look, that Richard guy's annoying, but like the system has actually brought me this amount of business or I'm being able to monetize the guests in these types of ways. I'm being able to actually deliver all these different types of experiences that I was never able to do before. And I think that that's, you know, on the one side, when you're dealing with kind of independent hotels and and SMB, that pretty nice to be able to actually kind of do that. But I think what's, what's even nicer is, is because there you're kind of, you're talking to a lot of people at the same time. So you get to kind of experiment a little bit more. You get to kind of think about those things from a position of kind of scale of how can we build something super simple that then scales to everyone. The higher up you go, the more you actually kind of want to be intimately connected to the decision makers. So you actually kind of start going, okay, well, what can we do to really enable a business model or the, uh, the way that you've been thinking, you know, so I think they're being able to roll out membership plans, you know, that, that now different hotel groups are actually monetizing with us. And that was just like an idea that we had. And then to see it validated, to see like other groups or other revenue managers basically being like, look, I, I really thought that actually I could create a loyalty program that was based around membership and then to be able to actually kind of roll that out with them. That's really, I think, where where we get really, really excited about having that kind of that intimate relationship to be able to say, like, look, what are the revenue goals? What are the kind of the the, the goals that you have as a company? Can we play a role in that? Because that's that's the way that we would like to operate. So, I, I think that you know, moving more and more into that kind of mid market and enterprise segment has really been the the kind of the key to our success in the last couple of years. And yeah, it's going really well. So yeah, really happy. Well, I'm I'm very curious. I I work with a lot of vendors, mostly on the short-term rental side, but especially on the hotel side within our podcast network, we have, you know, over 30 shows that we work with and getting to hear the kind of demographic they're looking for of hotelier or short-term rental manager they're looking for to, to have a, as a customer, a lot of them aim to start with enterprise first. They build for enterprise. They don't build for independence and the independents kind of get left you guys have a reverse. You you built for independence yeah. and now you're scaling up to enterprise. Why? Why that model? I, I think that there's two aspects. I think the, first of all, it's basically the nature of the industry, right? So I think that if you run a, if you're a developer and you're thinking about, you know, creating something, you know, creating a nice hotel or something like that, you're going to go to, let's say Hilton or somewhere like that and kind of go and you know, put out an ad or something like that. And you'll probably get like the sales manager applying for your GM role. Yeah. And that manager is going to be like, okay, well, what systems am I going to put in place to make me look good? Yeah. To make me actually kind of successful. So from that perspective, this industry is really kind of self-referential. And I think that people kind of want to know, they, they also really want to know what good looks like. And so it's, it's a, 
you know, it really is a community. It is really, you know, uh, about real proliferation of different roles, different kind of knowledge bases and things like that. People just, people want to know how to be better. I think that that's something that really, really typifies most hoteliers that I've ever come across that they really have this kind of hunger to understand, like, you know, how can I actually kind of do this in a better way? And I think just playing in one segment or for one type of hotel, that's going to end up kind of biting us in the, in the ass, basically, because we won't know, we won't be able to speak to all of those different things. It's really difficult. And I think that, you know, most of the time people will say like, you should just focus on one of these, uh, one of these areas or one of these things. But I think what you see is that actually in this industry, like everyone kind of like cycles through. So that's, that's maybe one aspect. I think the second aspect is if you look at, you know, so we always talk about, you know, who are the stakeholders in this industry? And it really is kind of like, you can basically divide it by supply, demand and fulfillment. Yeah. Or you can basically kind of look at it as, um, you know, the guests, the property owners. Yeah. And then the, basically the managers. Yeah. Or you can kind of, you know, more scaled way, you can think about the brands, asset managers and management companies. Yeah. But it's always those, that kind of, that triumvirate. And I think in this industry, you know, people will buy and sell, you know, different properties basically. So they kind of, so a property that might've been basically kind of operated by an independent person basically here now is getting bought up by somebody else basically here, you know. You also want to be able to kind of think about, you know, how, how can you be flexible enough basically so that any different configuration can actually kind of use you. And, and so you, you're almost kind of trying to map as to like, you know, what would be the easiest way for somebody to actually kind of pick us up from that perspective. So you also then kind of start to think about, okay, well, how can we map the architecture of our system most closely to you know, how the real world actually kind of looks like and, and even make some of those kinds of ways that, you know, that, um, you know, you'd be able to go from one ownership to another ownership, but still be able to kind of like, think about, you know, like, does somebody want to kind of retain some sort of data? Do you want some sort of continuity? Basically, is there some commercial agreement that you could actually kind of make around those types of things? How can we make it really, really easy for people to actually make those types of transactions and things like that without feeling that they have to start over again. So I think it, you know, those are the types of things that we think about. And those are the types of things that we, that we think are necessary for us to kind of have, have mapped out, even if we don't use them basically for anything. So basically creating a sticky enough product that no matter how many change of hands, no matter what, you're basically still going to stay remaining at the property, depending on the ownership or management. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I love it. And that actually like leads up perfectly for a kind of a question and conversation I've been having, you know, Steve Davis with Operto, which I know you and I got to hang out with once at high tech yeah, last yeah. year. And that was such a fun time. But you know, the, you know, the real big difference we, we see in hotel tech versus like short term rental or vacation rental tech is vacation rental people, if your tech product or software doesn't do any real value, you're a PL item that's easily choppable and unpluggable. You're, you're easily yeah. replaced. And within hotels, yep. once they kind of adapt a system, it's really, really hard. And 
I guess, would you agree or disagree with that as you guys are working with not only just independents, but now scaling into this enterprise side? I, I think that, look, like, I think for me, my central philosophy is that as a software vendor, you have to be responsible for growth. Mm. And usually that's basically, I think the way that people generally understand software at the beginning is basically that they kind of see it as a, a way to automate and a way to kind of reduce costs. But I think, especially nowadays, basically, you can't just be a cheaper alternative, basically, to a person or a cheaper alternative, basically, to, to something kind of like that. I think it really, really has to be something where you're actually a driver of revenue in some ways, or you're an enabler of certain kind of revenue streams or of, you know, a business model in some, in some shape or form. And, and those types of things are really, really important. So. I look at it from the perspective that, you know, that whatever you do, people will leave you even if they're super happy, basically with your software. Yeah. But they basically won't ever leave you if they're convinced that you're responsible for driving some kind of outcome. And if they don't, if they don't have you, then they will become a worse business. And that's how I think about basically like how, you know, what are the types of products that we have to build basically how we, cause we just have to be relevant to be successful as a company. And I think like to a certain extent, like, I think that's the same mentality that hotels could and should basically adopt as well. It's like, you know, how can I, if you're a brand, you have to adopt the mentality of like, how do I become more relevant over a 365 day period? Yeah. So it isn't just that, you know, somebody's kind of like hitting me up every single time they go on a, um, you know, on a work trip or something like that, you want to be able to actually kind of be relevant to them, you know, for every other type of trip. And, and I think with what we're seeing in hospitality, then, you know, why shouldn't, for example, somebody actually kind of take offices from the same brand that they travel with? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't they, for example, like, you know, have different types of, you know, why, why, for example, like, could you not have a branded travel experience basically? Yeah. Why couldn't you actually kind of have those types of things and, and whether that's actually all within one brand or actually within, you know, close partnerships, basically with many brands that you actually start, start looking at, I think that's really, really important. And I think it's the same thing. If you're an independent hotel, you know, you're looking at how do I make sure that like somebody actually kind of, so within a 72 hour stay, we think of like, you know, how can you make sure that you're monetizing every single space and every single feature that you have? Yeah. But then you're trying to also kind of do that over a, you know, that 72 hour period, basically like, how can I be more relevant outside of the, the, the kind of the eight hours that somebody is basically spending in our bedrooms. And so I, I think like those types of things basically like should just be on everyone's top of everyone's mind is like, how can I be more relevant and how can I, can I, can I, can I be more useful to the person that I'm serving? And we look at that basically from a software perspective. I love that. That's something I've talked about a couple of times on the vacation rental side. It's not, you're a home, right? Like you're a destination and whether you're in a destination market or not, you should be thinking about the way that your guest is experiencing you beyond just sleeping or cooking, it should be, they should never feel like they have to leave. Yeah. And when they do leave, they have the experience of the destination at their, at their fingertips through your service. Right. And whether it's using a tech provider like Muse or another, you know, digital guidebook or something like that. Right. Like yeah. that, 
that should be the core of our our business. Yes, I think that for me is basically the point of the ecosystem, you know, because I think that when you think about all of it, like I really, really like to think about it basically from a 24 hour perspective, yeah. you know, and then to think about it basically from that, you know, so, and then like, I look at it from, you know, if you're offering a one-star experience, you're those eight hours because somebody's coming in and they're basically like using you to sleep. And it doesn't matter if you're an Airbnb or if you're, you know, a large hotel, but that's basically what they're kind of. And if that's the model, then that's great. So you basically have to kind of figure out how do I get, get out of their way, you know, enough so that they can just use me basically in that kind of way. So it's like you automate the check-in. You basically put your receptionist, you know, is now in an app. Yeah. Or basically like, you know, you put your keys in a lockbox so you don't have to actually kind of, you know, put it out or, or something like that. So you then start thinking about, you know, how do I actually kind of make that, make that better? If you're two star, you might kind of say like, you know, it's eight and a half hours because you've got, you know, a better bathroom or something like that. And you've got like, you know, some, and all the way up to five star, which to a certain extent is basically like, you know, the top of end of that is a resort where essentially you're catering for that person's entire 24 hour experience. But if you put it down to basically a city kind of five star, you're more at like maybe let's say kind of like 16 hours of experience. So you've got the eight hours, but you've got, for example, a, a restaurant downstairs. That's where you're having your breakfast. And so now you've added in like one, one hour. You've got, for example, a spa. That's another two hours, basically, of experience. You know, you might have meeting rooms. You might have all of these different things. So on property, you might get to like 14 hours of experience. Now, what types of things are you not covering? You know, how can you, how can you be more useful over that 24-hour experience? Well, you're going to, you're going to, Think about your destination. You're going to think about, you know, how can I play a role in making sure that when that person is not coming to my restaurant for breakfast or for, for dinner, they're having as great of an experience and like think that they should have basically on my property. So I'm going to think about like, what other restaurants are the ones that I, I would recommend to this person to have the same level of experience? What types of attractions? What types of things basically are they going to do? If they're not using my meeting rooms, basically, what meeting rooms am I recommending? Yeah. Like how am I figuring out, like, you know, if they're then doing two hours of travel throughout the day, how am I making sure that they're traveling, you know, to the right level of comfort? Yeah. And I think basically like using that mental model of saying, look, we have a captive audience in our hotel. We're going to basically say like, we want to cater for 14 hours of experience. And then this is how we basically kind of remain relevant to that, to that guest for the next 10 hours. And this is how we map it out. This is how we basically choose to communicate through WhatsApp, through SMS, like whatever it is, basically. That's, I think, how you actually kind of plan out all of those things. And, and once you get to, okay, this is the experience that we would like to offer. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a single Airbnb, yeah, or basically a uh, hotel. It's just at a hotel, you just have to do these types of things at scale yeah, and you might not have as much time as you do if you're in single Airbnb or, or even, you know, you own a collection of 50 Airbnbs. It's, it's just about basically the scale at which you kind of do them and the level to which you actually want to execute on every single one of those. But I think it really, really starts with, you know, understanding like how many hours are you actually kind of, you know, playing a, playing a part. I love that two years later, 
on you know the first podcast, you mentioned a quote from Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix. Our only competition is sleep and hotel people or any hospitality provider is your only competition isn't sleep. It's the exact opposite. It's the time outside of sleep or outside of that eight hour window. So I love how consistent you are with the two years later. That's still the same still the same message in core i actually was just going through our transcript before this episode and i was like that, oh, that wow. really stuck out to me so i, I want to paint a picture really quick for the listeners to then go into this new kind of like shift in conversation you were chatting you and i were chatting before this and you know making sure i had my facts straight you know there's been seven acquisitions since 2019 to today recent one was in october uh, so this month as we're recording this episode will go out sometime in november and you guys your recent series c not recent but your latest series raise was the biggest out of all of them your a your b this has been huge and right after the series c of 185 million you guys have basically launched your your muse venture arm and so not only living up to this mission of building the software that you guys are and the tech that you guys have as Muse, but now rolling in a lot of these brands or these tech pieces into the product. I'm curious for you, one of my favorite questions within you know podcasts or conferences or you know just people I'm talking to in the industry is, how do you know when to buy or build? And when you have the capital that you guys have, does that make it easier to decide to buy the product or to build the product or to partner or to like, is there any easier decision landscape for you there? Like, I think that we, we only kind of ask ourselves, like, does it add anything to the product and does it add to the, to the end bottom line, basically of the customer? And I think that, you know, it's one of these things where we look at like build by partner as strategies, because essentially you know, the way to kind of like, look at it is like, you're never going to get like the, the, the actual industry doesn't change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's just different ways of being able to actually kind of deliver on that. Like, you know, it's like, um, it's in the same way that like tech or the, the tech additions basically that you have in your life. Like it's not like, for example, a hotel could never like hail taxis before uber yeah it just like it was a bellboy yeah mm -hmm. that, you know and hotels invented this you know like you could say basically like hotels invented uber in the same way that hotels invented uh you know doordash with the room service yeah it's just like a, a more scaled version of the same thing but if you look at that basically you kind of start looking at like well what are the jobs to be done within that 24-hour period yeah and for us it's like how can we make sure that it's easier for our customers to do that? Yeah. How can we make sure that it's more scalable to do that? Because basically like, you know, if you have 200 people coming down the stairs, you know, you're never going to use one bellboy to do that. And you're probably not going to employ 200 bellboys yeah, to do that. So therefore there's a much better way of actually kind of doing that in a scaled way, in a cost-effective way, and all of these different things. So I think we look at it from that perspective of you know what types of additions should we build what types of you know things should we actually kind of buy at the end of the day like we always want to make sure that there is only one platform we don't want to have like a version system we don't want to have you know different different ways that we actually kind of think about that but for us it's really just about you know making sure that there is only one uh, one perspective on these things and I think with that, like, we really, really believe, you know, we were the, the ones who kicked off the open API, like 
every single one of these things. Like, you know, I think that we still have by far the most vibrant, you know, marketplace. I think that when you look at us, like we're like thousand something, thousand, like 100 different apps, basically on our marketplace. I think when you look at like, you know, the, the big O basically like they, they only have Oracle, uh, they only have yeah. like something like 550 or something like that. And so like with all of these different things, it's like, it's, you know, we really, really believe in the vibrancy. We believe in, in the fact that there is, you know, a need basically for a, for a massive ecosystem. And so we always like try and be really, really respectful of that basically to try and make sure that we never kill that. And this is also like one of the reasons why we, why we promote them basically so much, why we want to put, make sure that every single hotel has probably about 10 or 12 different, uh, integration partners, because we just think that it's, you know, it's a tough job trying to manage those 24 hours. And if you're a one-star hotel, basically you don't get to kind of like forget about the other, the other 16 hours of experience. Basically, it's just, we think that you've then chosen to actually do the eight hours here. And the other 16 hours, you've chosen to do that basically through automation, you know, in a five-star experience, basically you've chosen to do some automation of that, but you're actually probably going to be using a huge amount of people basically to deliver, you know, those types of experiences and things like that, because that is, you know, at the core what hospitality actually is. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, it's a bit of a kind of nothing answer, but, uh, uh, but that's basically how we think about it. We think about like, you know, how can we, how can we actually kind of enlarge that and make that better? And like my biggest, like one of the, one of the things that we, for example, like always have that we want to do with news ventures, basically at some point is for example, a bounty program. Yeah. Cause there's so many things that I would love to see, you know, existing as apps. Yeah. Or as basically like certain, you know, business models that you actually kind of enable. And I'm like, where are they? Where are the entrepreneurs? Like these types of things are so like, you know, should be easy to build basically and easy to kind of do. And I see what our customers are struggling with. Yeah. Like, and they're all from like big ideas, to small ideas. Yeah. And I just like, I'm like, please, can we see some of these things? Yeah. Because like we see them, we see what our customers are struggling with. Yeah. And it, and there should be an app for every single situation. There should be some kind of technological solution to make every single thing easier and better. Yeah. So for me, like, you know, it's like one of the most exciting things about working in hospitality is once you kind of start seeing the world through the eyes that we see, which is, you know, how can you play a bigger role in that 24 hours? But then you start looking at it basically from a, from an even bigger perspective to start going, okay, well, how can I play a role in the 365 day experience of this person? Yeah. And actually kind of, you know, offer the, the service of, of, you know, a, a managed lifestyle management uh, service basically. Yeah. Then you start going like, wow, like hotels and hospitality should be a much, much bigger industry than it actually currently is. All right. So you're trying to grow your portfolio and your property management business, but sometimes owners don't have the best peace of mind when it comes to giving up the keys to their home to an unknown brand or company. And of course, let's be honest. Sometimes we hear the horror stories of guests and the bad guests that stay in vacation rentals and throw parties. Well, safely as you covered, because not only do they screen your guests that are staying, but they also ensure that you are covered from all things such as ill intent, stupidity, aka vacation brain, and other things like pet damage and theft. 
While doing that, you are able to partner with Vintory and grow your portfolio with their marketing platform that helps ensure that you are attracting the right owners to your rental program and growing your business in the destination that you are in. Or if you're in multiple destinations, that works too. So get the links in the show notes because both companies have special offers. And if you don't use a link, but you end up talking to them, guess what? Just tell them that Will Slicker sent you from Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and they'll get you covered. And you can also let them know that maybe you've heard of them on our platform, hospitality.fm. So of course, like always, make sure you grab the links in the show notes. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now back to the episode. Wow. There's so much to unpack from that in the sense of like, that is, it's such a theological way of thinking. And I think so many people can get in the weeds of the business when you have to operate, right? You're a 24 hour business. You're constantly having to deal with ops, whether it's housekeeping and maintenance, or if there's you know, the bell service or the front desk, or if you don't have a front desk and you're technical, you know, technologically thinking and forward, you still have, you know, tech isn't perfect at all, all times, right? They can still have updates and bugs and, and things like that. And so to, to go beyond the 24 hours and to become like a lifestyle, brand or type of whatever kind of you want to call it is way beyond than I think what anyone learns at hotel school. And, you know, to, to make a comment to you, we should talk after this recording, because if you want to see some startups, so we have a, a fun, fun little business and project <laughs> that I would love to show you. We're advising like all these startups and it's been crazy to see how they're, how they're all spinning off. But long story short, like that's such a, a theological way of thinking. And I think if people are going to have that at the back of their minds, whether they're a hotelier, a vacation rental operator, or a tech provider, having the ability to go beyond, you're hundred percent right. Like the industry is bigger than it actually is, or has allowed itself to be. We've gotten so pigeonholed yeah. into this idea of what a hotel is and you know my friends and family don't know what the heck i do and so they think of like oh short-term rentals or whatever like that's like such a small industry right like how do you talk about that stuff for you know however yeah. many hours a year and it's like actually but I, I, but I think like this is this is the point that basically like for me what is the pandemic really really brought as you know a an unquestionable fact yeah and i think that like because it's it was a really really good experiment but what I'd say is like one thing that we've learned is that no city in the world ever needs to build an office again. Yeah. Because as much as like, you know, all the bankers basically and like Jamie Dimon keeps talking about like, you know, how everyone should go back to the office and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've seen that huge building that you're building basically. Like, so <laughs> yeah. you're going to be singing that tune for like the next couple of years until it's, oh, well, until it's actually kind of built. So I totally understand why that's that is a thing but we have these wonderful things that exist called hotels and hotels are mixed use real estate spaces yeah we have in hotels you will find a a place where you can work for 16 hours uninterrupted right now it's called a room but it but it fulfills that need basically that you need for deep work yeah in a hotel, you also find spaces where you can co-mingle yeah, and work. Basically, they're called co-working spaces in others. They're called lobbies in others. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, You have meeting rooms. You have all of these different things. Now, right now, the way that most people construct hotels is that they construct it for the people that are coming in from the airport. 
and that's it. Mm-hmm. But some of the kind of the coolest brands, some of the coolest, like most interesting hoteliers are thinking about, okay, how do we work with the local community that's around us? And how do we think about the community that's basically like, you know, above and kind of landing from, from the clouds to basically kind of fill up our rooms. Yeah. But they think about both of those things and they think about, you know, how do we make sure that all of this space that we have, that we're getting maximal use out of it. Yeah. Because, you know, people, I think, you know, if you have a really, really important call, then why do you have to commute from one side of the city to the next to go back to an office? Yeah. Why can you just basically, this is like, I did like, it would just be great to basically be able to like, you know, walk past a building yeah, and through Google maps, yeah, be able to book like half an hour so that you can just walk in, into the hotel room, your key arrives basically like straight to you and you're just able to like go straight into that room to take that really, really important call. Yeah. Without having to basically cancel it, without having to kind of think about, you know, how do I do this basically? Yeah, and just to have, you know, the internet come on, you know, all of these different things, basically, that will just make it super useful, yeah, for you to actually have that experience that, that is, you know, bending around your experience, yeah, and not basically the kind of the, the, um, the, the experience that you, you somehow basically have to get to a place to be able to get, get some work done. I think that, you know, in terms of what the pandemic has shown us is basically like, there is no physical need for offices. The only thing that basically people need is places to work, places to congregate, places to meet. Yeah. And, and yes, like bosses basically like do need places where they can just like micromanage the crap out of others. But, but you know, that, that seems to be basically like what you need, what you need an office for. But I, I just feel like, you know, if I was a city planner, I'd basically ban the construction, of any new offices. <laughs> Because technologically, we we have zero need for it anymore. Well, now it's just getting hotels to adopt it, right? To to say this is okay to take day use and to maybe even update their rooms to have a little bit more office space. Because I know for me, sometimes when I stay at you know traditional hotel brands, it's like, all right, let's got a working area, not the preferred working area. I would love a standing desk, or I would love, you know, maybe a whatever, right? Like I'm in media, yeah. so maybe a microphone if I forget mine would be great. Not that it's going to yeah. happen, but <laughs> you, you know what? Like the, the the main thing that I think, like what technology does, is it makes supply chains really, really difficult. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's again that kind of thing. Because you know, I was somebody was asking me about like what does AI do to personalization? Yeah, and I was like, well, it just explodes the supply chain. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the first order of go is that you know people kind of go like, okay, great what can we use AI for? So the first thing that they think of is like, how can we cut costs? So basically, so anyone who is now phoning, you replace that telephone operator basically with smart AI. Great. Like you've done your job basically like, you know, but the second thing comes is like, well, then if that becomes really, really easy, then what else do you use it for? Well, it's now going to be kind of, you know, personalization. So personalization is, you know, I'm going to get Will like a standing desk. And I'm going to get him his special mattress. Yeah. So then, then the question becomes like, well, okay, well, how do we do that? Like, are we going to store like huge amounts of those, those desks? Basically, are we going to like have like, you know, for a 300 bedroom hotel, like, you know, 9,000 mattresses. Yeah. That we're going to start like storing somewhere. 
Or do you start thinking about, okay, well, where can I get it from? Yeah. So then you start kind of going for like, okay, they, these are delivery services. You know, this is how near they have to be in order for you to actually be able to actually offer that service. And again, like the complexity of the supply chain becomes much bigger, but I think that that's essentially where we'll have to kind of get to if we want to actually really, really be able to fulfill our promise of being able to actually kind of, you know, do more with technology. And I, and I think it's, it's great. It's going to be one of those things that just makes, you know, the experience of hospitality a much richer, better experience, but it will have an impact on the way that we run. Like, you know, I think right now, basically like nobody's looking at, you know, a chief procurement for robotics officer. You know, I haven't seen like any of those ads go up basically in some of the big brands, but like, that's what they should be doing. Like they should be kind of going like, you know, how many robots do we need to actually like, you know, maintain or clean this, uh, this kind of thing. So like it's, it's things like that, that you just want to see more and more of in this industry and the roles will change the, 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 like how difficult basically like it is to actually like get to those materials, get to those types of building blocks basically will also kind of change. And, and ultimately our systems will have to change as well because they'll need to be able to actually fulfill all of these things. Yeah. We almost made it 37 minutes into the podcast without <laughs> mentioning, without mentioning AI. And it's like, you're reading my notes here. Cause I actually had that as next. And so nice. <laughs> going into AI, I think this is a great segue. One of your guys' recent acquisitions in October of 2023 was Nomi travel. And with Nomi, they're an AI focused app that basically you guys are now owners have and have gotten to acquire the team and the product. And so where, like, I've struggled with this because again, kind of mentioning some of these startups and, and things like that, we have an advisory share in a company that is doing AI communications along with upsells and other things like this. And outside of that, I really struggle with AI being applied in hospitality as a whole, because then there's that personalization piece, right? Like how do we not remove humans to the point where it's kind of obvious that it's AI or a machine or tech, right? And so with your guys' thinking and, and the way AI is applied into hospitality, where does that really play? Like what's the either untapped potential or potential that you guys really see playing in the future? Like, I think that there's, there's kind of three aspects to AI and hospitality. I think the first is like, what are the, what are the jobs that nobody likes doing? Yeah. Cause that for me is like the first use case of, of AI. You basically do the stuff that nobody likes to do yeah, that you can basically kind of automate. So you can focus on, you know, what's the positive, you know? And I think that that's, that's going to be really, really difficult for, like, I, I think that if you kind of split out hospitality into what is negative, what is neutral and what is positive, yeah. Then I think it's, you know, then I think you can kind of almost get to, you know, how you utilize AI and how you use it to basically kind of like either eradicate some of those things or actually kind of, you know, eradicate the negatives basically. Yeah. And kind of like really, really bolster the positives. And that's, I think the way that you should think about this. So mm -hmm. when I think about, you know, the uses of AI, I think that, you know, you can think about automating you know, some processes or for example, like making sure that you 
you scale certain processes. So for example, like what's a negative thing when you come into a hotel? It's a queue. If you can make sure that basically like any single time you want to ask a question, you get a response straight away. Yeah. Or any single time you want to do an action. Like, for example, like, you know, we have this kind of mental model of like, what would the PMS need to look like so that you're essentially just doing a, a set of targeted questions with a customer as a person. And it's the most natural re like, uh, conversation. And by the end of that conversation, the customer's phone basically like lights up with a room key. Yeah. And so what are the types of questions? What are the types of things basically that you'd need to know? Because you do still need to know that person's credit card details, basically, or some sort of payment. Yeah. So you need to authenticate them in some way. Yeah. You need to basically kind of think about, okay, how do I give them a key? How do I do? So all of those things, basically you start to kind of think about, but you go, okay, but how do how do I make sure that this is a conversation that is as natural and as human as possible and actually involves the least amount of screens or the least amount of technology, you know, because you're kind of thinking about that. So it's almost like you're thinking about like reverse prompting, you know, so that actually the machine basically just becomes like the thing that just like, you know, when you look away because you're thinking about something, you know, there's a prompt there saying like, you forgot to ask him about this, or you forgot to ask her about this, basically, or, or this kind of thing, basically, if you ask, you know, and it's just something that like keeps the conversation flowing, keeps, keeps it feeling as natural as possible. Yeah. And so you can have that kind of human connection. Yeah. And still basically get your job done. And I think that that basically, that kind of mental model is how I think of, you know, what, what you can do. And, and basically you can then pass it across the entirety of, you know, every single job in hospitality, you can then think about that, paste it across basically, you know, so you think about like, what are the back office things, you know? So for example, like how, what kind of drone do I need to fly into every single room and snap a picture yeah. of that, uh, um, you know, of that room so that no one ever needs to go and inspect a room. Yeah. But you know that it's kind of done like perfectly. Yeah. Or you know that like, if there's a crease out of, out of sight or something like that, that feedback basically goes either to the, to the housekeeper or to the smart robot that actually is like, you know, doing the bed or something like that. I think what like AI robotics, none of these things really, really actually replaces is that feeling of another human being, yeah, of that community. And I think that that's, if I like had to make a prediction of like what it all looks like in 20 years. Yeah. Then it's just like a place that people really, really like to kind of mingle and hang out. Yeah. Which is roughly what hotels are today. Yeah. It's just like there, they're kind of like, they're done in a way that those types of things and those types of experiences are, you know, absolutely kind of magnified. Like I would love to see a, a hospitality chart basically where brands are competing for like the amount of memories that they've been able to create, the unique memories basically that they've created. Yeah, that there's almost a chart which basically shows that rather than, you know, every single time a Hilton CEO, you know, goes and talks about basically like what they've done, they start talking about like the positivity that they've been, that they've actually introduced into somebody's life. Like, you know, the amount of, you know, the, the, 
the amount of new things that somebody has learned because they've come to basically that brand, the amount of new experiences, the amount of like new business contact, basically the amount of new, like interesting things that they've learned about, basically the amount of value that they've created for that person's life, you know, and that for me is basically like where we can go with AI. Yeah. It's basically that we start measuring the things that matter the things that are part of hospitality and not the things which are like, you know, you know, how much, how many rooms basically did we clean? Yeah. Or like, you know, how many, yeah. because like to a certain extent, like, you know, and you do that through, for example, AI through smart benchmarking, you know, being able to say like, you know, this check-in quality, yeah, with everything into it. And it's like, you know, even with the toy, tone of voice, you know, all of the, all of those kind of things that, that breathe hospitality. Yeah. Those are the types of things basically that we start actually kind of measuring. Yeah. And then benchmarking. So we, when we say that we have a brand promise that it's going to be like, you know, a fantastic memorable stay, we actually start measuring that. We actually start benchmarking to that and we actually start delivering on that. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if you got to listen to the business wars podcast with Marriott and Hilton and, and all that stuff, but very interesting because I think like hotels for the longest time looked at each other as real estate companies and then food and beverage companies and then all those other things. And now as a hospitality provider I, with AI applied, I think maybe in our shift of thinking, instead of looking at us as real estate or whatever tech, whatever the, the piece is, it's now data. So that way we build up these data centers of centralized information. That way AI can deploy that because right yeah. now, if I'm a front desk agent, I only know Mr. and Mrs. Chardin love their Amex rather than their visa because they get better points and this and that, but they booked with their visa. And if I'm not working, Jared's not going to know, right? Like, but if I had that yeah. data center to build in the AI could be like, Hey, just FYI, they booked with their visa, blah, blah, blah. Like there's little things along the way that require data. And I just think hospitality providers, whether it's hotel, short-term rental, vacation rental, any, anything in restaurants, even that we don't think about the data that we have behind the scenes outside yeah. of the reservation data. Well, I think that basically like people think about the data, they don't know how to action it. They don't know how to kind of turn it into action. Like I've heard so many people basically kind of talk about so many hotel providers basically talk about like how important data is, you know, and like how we need to have better data science and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you also need to kind of make sure that it's not trash in trash out. Yeah. Like you need to be able to like, make sure that like people are using the systems correctly. People are actually kind of inputting the right information. Yeah, that you do have, you know, clarity yeah, on what those things are. And you need to actually start kind of, I think the, the, the point is, is that, you know, we're not in the business of selling rooms. Yeah. We're not in the business of basically selling like, you know, meals. Yeah. We're in the business of building experiences. Yeah. And that's what you need to track. And experiences, basically the way that we should be measuring them is over that 24 hour period. Yeah. Like the ultimate measure should be basically like, just how convenient were you? Yeah. Just how memorable were you? Yeah. And how likely are you to basically recommend it to a friend? Yeah, like those are the things that we that we should really, really ultimately be caring about. I love that hundred percent. And now Richard, the, the big golden question for you to kind of wrap up this episode with everything we've mentioned throughout this whole great 15 minutes together, you know, from startup to raising cash, to acquiring companies, to 
looking beyond the eight hours of sleep and the 24 hours and creating a lifestyle business, you know, from where Muse is today, I'm very curious when you were starting this in 2012, is this where you ever imagined it would be? Did you ever see your yourself and the company and the team getting this far? Well, we're not really that far. That's the problem. It was like, I would say, I would you know, say to like, your point, to your point, basically like about like, you know, I've had this like consistent thing. It's like, yeah, but we haven't done it. You know, like, I don't think that we've, we like, we have a good PMS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have great partners. Yeah. We have a great like data, you know, theology, basically. Like we have all of these kind of like different things. We haven't done it. Yeah. So like. To a certain extent, like, you know, one part of raising money and of getting more customers and stuff like that is to make sure that we get to do that. Yeah. Um, but the other part is actually doing it. Yeah. And I think that that's, that is always the thing for me. It's like, I kind of look at it and I'm like, we're nowhere near, you know, like we, we should be a lot farther along. So like, I'm kind of annoyed that it's taken this long. Yeah. And it should be, you know, like I much. I want to see these things, you know, I want to see them basically actually become true. I want to see them actually, you know, be real in this industry. You know, I want to see hotels care about that. I want to see basically like, you know, people actually measuring themselves onto this. And, and I get to be super, super lucky basically that I'm, you know, that it's not just wishful thinking that, but I can be a, you know, an actor or a driver of that kind of change. Cause I do think that that's, you know, a path towards a better world, towards a better hospitality. Um, and I think that, yeah, like that's the thing that kind of animates me. So, uh, so yes, I expected it and B, I'm still annoyed of like how, how small we are basically from that perspective. Spoken like a very true founder, to be honest, uh, <laughs> I, from the outside looking in and for all the listeners are probably like, what? This is so much that's been accomplished in, in such a period of time, but you're spoken like a true visionary. And so to make my final comment to you, I hope in, obviously we see each other before 20 years, but in 20 years, I expect to sit down with you in a hotel lobby or in a building where people are just there to hang out and yet they have the ability to to have that 24 hour lifestyle experience because man, what a day that will be in the drinks will be on me for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll be, we'll be basically like served by a really annoying AI. That's kind of going to be telling us like, you can't have a margarita because your, uh, your BMI is going to be over, you know, for this, for this month. So, uh, so here's his carrot juice instead. And I'll say, just add a little vodka instead then because tequila doesn't set well. <laughs> well that's what you need the concierge to like you know just be there like be like just give it give the thumbs up bypass the ai yeah. software real quick a hundred percent yeah <laughs> richard this has been such a pleasure again it's such a, a great moment to geek out with you and to have the opportunity to to go beyond just operations or anything like that and to, to get a little hospitality theological we get a little hospitality <laughs> church here so I really nice. do appreciate it. Super excited for what you guys are doing and excited to have you back on in the future to to see more of the the dream come true. So I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yeah, keep me honest, basically. Like, you know, if we keep to this cadence of two years, you'll be like, WTF, man. Like, you promised me that, like, you know, we'll have flying cars. <laughs> I'll keep you honest. Every two years, I'll shoot you a LinkedIn note. It's like, hey, where are we at? <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoy the show, and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content, or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.